Welcome to The Wrong Side, the podcast where we talk through the latest happenings in pop culture to help make sure you never find yourself on the wrong side of history. On today's episode, we'll be talking through the Chris Harrison controversy fallout, like Rachel Lindsay deactivating her Instagram account and Emmanuel Acho taking over for the final rose and John Mayer being accused of being a hypocrite after he shared that he almost cried several times watching the Britney Spears documentary. Let's discuss. Audrey, how's your arm feeling? She's a little sore, not from the COVID-19 vaccine, unfortunately. <laughs> just a just a casual whooping cough vaccine, but <laughs> when you texted me earlier and said, Hey, can we record after 11? I have to get a vaccine. I was so shook because I, I did think you were talking about the COVID vaccine and I got really excited for you, but unfortunately, our arms remain unpoked from that beautiful COVID-19 vaccine free. Yeah. I mean, it's okay. We'll get it eventually. And I'm more than happy to wait my turn, but I will say I felt as though it was being rubbed in my face because when I got there, there was a man next to me who was older than me and most certainly fell under the category of someone who should, you know, get the vaccine. But uh, I was so jealous, but I was also like, Oh, I'm happy for you. And I was kind of, I don't know. I, I didn't realize that just any local pharmacy was doing them so I was like goo I know and honestly I was telling Audrey what if it was like a freaky Friday swap and they accidentally mixed the vaccines and she got Pfizer and he got the whooping cough vaccine how (laughs) iconic would that be but then also you'd have to look at that guilt if something happened to him yeah sorry okay (laughs) that would be the opposite of iconic That'd be so sad. I'm glad that I'm gonna, gonna rot in hell for that one. Okay. But what I will say is because I haven't had a vaccine in a while and the it didn't hurt at all. Like it's just a little pinch. And I know that my arm is probably gonna be a little bit sore, but there's something very anxiety inducing about sitting in the chair and knowing they're gonna stick a needle in you. And yes. it made me feel like a good test run so that when I go get the COVID one, whenever that may be, it'll be extremely you know, it'll just be exciting. There won't be any nerves because I I, didn't realize how easy it was. I will say I do agree with that because I hate needles. I hate shots so much. I just do not like the feeling of when you can feel it like going, the poke doesn't hurt me. It's the feeling of it going into your arm. I feel it so, oh, like it just, it sends shivers down my spine. I hate it. And I hate the soreness afterwards. But I will say when I did get my flu shot in the fall, I agree. It wasn't as bad as I remembered shots being, So whatever, take a couple Advil and call it a day for the COVID vaccine whenever it's ready for me. So the question of the week this week you came up with, Audrey, and I think it's a really good one. And it's a question that all of our listeners should be asking themselves. Yes. And that question is, what phase of quarantine are you in? And obviously we're not, you know, necessarily quarantined anymore, but it really does feel like these chapters are moving through in different phases. And I feel like I am so clearly in one phase and I want to know what phase you are in. You want me to go first? Yes. Okay. Mine is just straight up hermit phase. I am so exhausted from just being isolated and alone. But I was telling Audrey earlier this week, 
I'm so like lonely sounds depressing. It's not like I'm, you know, crying myself to sleep every night, but I'm just so deprived of human interaction at this point. But at the same time, any sort of video call, like group Zoom calls or FaceTimes sound horrible to me. Like I want to talk to my friends and I miss all of my friends, but I have no energy to talk to anybody. And I don't know what the hell is wrong with me, but I'm just like, losing all sense of normalcy and to try to combat that I set my lock screen on my phone as a picture of New York and then I started a master excel sheet of all the food and drink places I want to try in New York to just to like oh. give myself something to look forward to because I really am just losing it over here so that's, that's sad I know. I really don't mean to like, <laughs> I don't want any of our listeners to be concerned. Like I'm okay, but I'm just actually losing my mind a little bit. Yeah. I, I would say that my phase, I have dubbed it the hamster wheel phase. <laughs> um, and that is the sensation of doing the same thing over and over and over and over again until I immediately die. <laughs> such as many hamsters do. If you've ever had a hamster, you know that they're extremely susceptible to death. <laughs> so yeah, that's where I'm at. And I very much relate to you. I just, and I'm on a, a weird, you know, phase because the, you know, COVID-19 cases are going down. People are getting vaccinated. People are getting more comfortable. I'm not going to be comfortable yet until I have a vaccine in my arm, but you know, I don't speak for everybody else. And so it's such a weird time now when either, like, I know a lot of people in healthcare who have gotten both of their vaccines and they're like, it's so weird. And then other people who are like, well, like the vaccine's being distributed. So they're going to the bars or going to whatever, which is, you know, it's just, I'm jealous. Cause I just, I'm not there. I know it really is a whole other mindset. I was talking to two of my friends last night, Ivian and Brooke, and I was talking to them, basically telling them what I just told you. And I was like, yeah, I mean, I just can't wait for the vaccine. And they go, oh yeah, we're actually both vaccinated. And I'm like, what? How? Yeah. It's just crazy to me that people are actually like, our, people our age are fully vaccinated and able to live their lives with a little more sense of normalcy. And I'm so jealous. Yeah. God, that must be nice. But hopefully soon we'll just be patient and wait our turn. But yeah, I definitely, I'm ready for some sort of shift soon because I'm tired. (laughs) Well, do you want to share your big news or is that a secret? Because I can cut that out. No, I can totally share. Um, James and I have found an apartment and we're going to be moving in in April, which is just extremely exciting because we were going to like my lease was going to end last year in August or something. And then we were going to move in, but then the pandemic hit and we were just like, ugh, it's just not the right time. So it's been a long time coming and I'm really excited. I'm the so apartment excited. is a beaut and it's in the best location. I am just, I'm so excited for you. I'm so excited. And it really is like, checks every single box and yeah it's gonna be dope but so your moving date is april something somewhere in april not sure yet but yeah we have a a little more time to soak in my last few moments with um living with this family and you know not paying rent is also going to be something that i dearly miss but (laughs) that's life for you maybe we'll create a patreon and you can do a house tour yeah you guys want to pay for pay for some content (laughs) 
All righty. Well, I think we should dive straight in to the first couple stories of the day. So we want to talk a little bit more about some of the other follow-up that's come from Chris Harrison's, you know, cancellation, I, I would say, when he was on that interview with Rachel Lindsay. A lot has happened since then. So the first thing being that Rachel Lindsay has actually deleted her Instagram account. Rachel Lindsay has deleted her Instagram after an onslaught of harassment from Bachelor Nation. Amid the ongoing discussions about racism surrounding the ABC franchise and Chris Harrison quote-unquote stepping aside from the show, Lindsay's Higher Learning Podcast co-host Van Lathan announced that she disabled her account on the social media platform on Friday. She did it because that's how much hate she's getting from Bachelor fans who are spamming her with all kinds of rude and hateful things to say, he said in an Instagram video. He added, y'all have got to get a fucking life, seriously. Earlier this month, Lindsay, who was the first Black Bachelorette on the hit reality series in 2017, confronted host Chris Harrison about racist past behavior from current contestant Rachel. Rachel Kirkconnell. And we all know, you know, what happened after that. So I just wanted to talk about this because it really was kind of shooking Bachelor Nation. And luckily, a lot of people kind of have come up from wherever they are and said, hey, this is not okay. Like we stand with Rachel and everything. But it really is sad. And the reason I wanted to mention it was because I had even noticed like anywhere that I was reading about this, there were hate comments about Rachel, even if it like didn't involve Rachel. And the thing that really sucks is that she played such a small role in the backlash that Chris got. Like Chris made his bed and now he has to lie in it. And Rachel is literal collateral damage. And it is so fucking sad. Something else that happened as well, just to cover, was that after some of this Rachel Lindsay backlash happening. Rachel Kirkconnell got on her Instagram. She did an Instagram live and she basically said, Hey, stop defending me in so many words. I, I was in the wrong. I'm learning. I'm growing. Don't tell me that this wasn't a big deal because it is. That's pretty much everything that happened around the Rachel Lindsay stuff. And I just want to get your thoughts. Yeah, I mean, this has truly, when you said hamster wheel, this has very much been a hamster wheel sort of a story because it just keeps going and going and going. And I think, yeah, the biggest, most frustrating thing for me is that Rachel Lindsay didn't do anything wrong here. She interviewed Chris Harrison. She didn't make Chris Harrison say any of those things. Those were his words. Those were his thoughts and opinions. And she didn't prompt that. Also, like her questions really weren't that invasive. As we talked about on our last episode, the questions that she was asking were very basic. And he very much could have just said, you know, hey, I don't think it's my place to discuss this. I'll let Rachel speak out on it. Done and done. But he chose to go in. She wasn't prompting him. She wasn't being rude to him. She wasn't pushing him to say more. And so it's frustrating that she's getting all this hate because what did she do? She didn't say anything. She never said cancel Chris Harrison. She interviewed him. And like you said, he made his bed. He's got a lie in it. Sorry. Yeah. And actually, after this, um, Lindsay, Rachel Lindsay also shared that she will not be renewing her contract with ABC with The Bachelor because she did have a working relationship with them, meaning, you know, at some points they could bring her on as a guest. They might have her as like a co-host for some sort of event on the show and stuff. And she pretty much cut ties with The Bachelor franchise after this, which I think was a great move. And But also it really sucks because that was a professional partnership for her that got ruined by somebody else's doing and all of their doing because they made these statements of, 
we are going to be more diverse and we're going to make a difference and we're going to make a change. And then the face of the franchise comes out with this shit. It just sucks ass. And I just really feel for her. I truly want her to sue them for damages because I 100% feel as though she has suffered emotional damages from the show. Like, 100%. I would support re- that lawsuit. <laughs> you know what comparison I found to be very similar is Rachel Kirkconnell fans and Sabrina Carpenter fans because <laughs> they both get so angry over nothing. Rachel Kirkconnell literally said, "Don't defend me. I these actions aren't defendable. Like I need to I need to own up to them and I need to acknowledge how horrible they were and dive more deeply into that." But yeah, her fans are still coming for Rachel Lindsay. And it's like, for what? What did she do? She didn't take those pictures of Rachel Kirkconnell. She didn't post them. She didn't pose in those pictures. She didn't make Chris Harrison say anything. So it's just frustrating because she's literally not in the wrong on in any scenario or any angle that you look at this situation at. Yeah, there were a lot of people when I was, when Rachel Kirkconnell very first posted that Instagram live of her face to camera talking about it. I was scrolling through the comments and the amount of, I don't remember what was said anymore. And I believe it kind of looks like she went through and actually deleted the the bad ones, which I think is a good thing because some of them were actually getting like really top or getting really high up on her comment list because they were getting so many likes. And these comments were not only offensive and just rude talking about Rachel, but actually racist, like blatantly racist and I was like are you fucking like and especially after like that being on the video where she's like please stop it just makes me sad I hope she comes back and I hope that there is some sort of karma positive karma on Rachel's end that she can feel and that kind of bleeds into the next story which is that Emmanuel Acho is actually set to host the After the Final Rose special. So former NFL linebacker Emmanuel Acho has been tapped to host The Bachelor After the Final Rose special after Chris Harrison has stepped down amid a controversy over excusing alleged racism. The show announced the change on its Instagram account Saturday night, and Acho30 could hardly contain his excitement. He wrote on Twitter, It's official. I've accepted the rose, and I'm honored to be hosting The Bachelor ABC after the final rose this year. It's been a pivotal season, and this episode will be one of the most storied shows in history. Empathy is needed, and change is coming. See y'all then. Acho hosts a web series called Uncomfortable Conversations with a Black Man. Um, NFL Commissioner Roger Goodell, Matthew McConaughey, Chip and Joanna Gaines, and Rachel Lindsay have all appeared on the show, among many others. And Acho was actually Rachel Lindsay's preferred pick. Quote, we think Emmanuel Acho would be fantastic, she told People Magazine this week. He's very outspoken about racial injustice for social justice and has pretty much been the person who said, I can have these uncomfortable conversations and people trust it. Who better to lead it? He's someone who's not involved with the franchise, no ties, no bias. I think it'll be great. And some of Bachelor Nation have not cheered the change. This is going to be so interesting. First of all, I couldn't be more excited. I think it's an amazing pick. And I think it's a good look on The Bachelor and ABC in general for taking Rachel Lindsay's suggestion. Because let's show this woman some goddamn respect. Thank you very much. I'm really looking forward to it for many reasons. Because A... I think a lot of conversations are going to need to be had on that show. So who better to host it? But second of all, I think I love what she said, you know, how he's not involved with the franchise, no ties, no bias. And I think that's 
going to be so refreshing because all we've ever seen is Chris Harrison. And it's really the same episode every single season. Like after the final rose, even though it's obviously a different lead and different contestants, it's the same thing. It's always, okay, let's invite up the runner up and, oh, do you still have feelings for the lead? And how have you moved on? And maybe there's a little bit of scandal, but this season is going to be really different. And I just think that there couldn't be a better person hosting. So I'm really excited. Usually I dread after the final rose, but I will 100% be tuning in for this one. Yeah, me too. I'm really excited. And I'm also curious because the women tell all has already been filmed and it was filmed before all of this stuff came out and that's tomorrow, right? Yeah. It's on Monday or I guess today, if you're listening, he, so that'll be interesting as well. Like, is it going to be edited to remove Chris Harrison? Is there going to be some sort of acknowledgement at the beginning of the episode? Because I think we were all a little bit confused and maybe disappointed because a lot of people expected some sort of acknowledgement, at least at the beginning of last week's episode. And while there was a little bit less of Chris Harrison, there really wasn't any other acknowledgement and actually a ton of screen time for Rachel because she had a hometown. So that was super weird. And it'll just be really interesting to see how the Bachelor franchise handles this, especially because at this point, I feel as though they have only ever cared about one thing and they only will ever care about one thing. And that is ratings and money. And it's clear that even after last year, racial justice or social change of any kind is not on their main priority list or else things would be on their agenda. Right. And so it really feels like what we, you know, I want to have an open mind. I want to have a lot of hope that there could be change, but I also, you know, knowing the franchise, I am fully anticipating more of a you know, self-protection, like doing whatever they can to change the conversation or perform a little bit, whatever they think this one audience wants to see, while also probably balancing the other half of the audience, which they know doesn't think that racism exists. (laughs) Yeah. Like, I think that'll just be really interesting. It's like, okay, are you going to be on the wrong side and continue to to cater to the white supremacists of 50% or more of your audience? Or are you going to make a change? And I have a feeling it's going to be the former with a little bit of performative activism for the latter. And then everybody can be happy. Totally. Yeah. It's just, it really sucks because the bachelor is something that I've been enjoying for over 10 years. And it's actually becoming kind of like a moral question of like, okay, if something doesn't change, like, holy shit. I can't keep supporting this. this Yeah. And it's also super interesting. Just another point is how, because of the huge influencer network that has been created from The Bachelor, there are all of these people who are very clearly, I mean, trying to protect their reputation, especially if they're white but also, or trying to do the right thing. But then there's a lot of people like, just to name a few, like Jade and Tanner, for example, I feel like they don't give a fuck <laughs> about what's going on, but they Haven't know that a peep from them. I think they acknowledged it or she did like a couple times on her Instagram stories where it was like, Ooh, that is very clearly, you know, you're just trying to make sure that you covered your bases versus yep. people like I think Becca Martinez is a really great example of somebody who's super, super outspoken and not afraid to share her opinions about the franchise. And 
a lot of people who kind of have to do all of the heavy lifting are also the people of color who have come out of the franchise. So I don't know. It's just been really interesting to watch all of these people trying to either save face or make a difference or a combination of both or protect themselves. It's just very messy. Well, even Taylor, I had to look up her last name because I only know her by her Instagram handle, which is at Tay Mocha. But Taylor yes. Nolan, she, I haven't heard from her in a long time. And then obviously ever since this came out, I've been following her and paying closer attention to what she's been saying. And she's been very outspoken and basically said, Chris Harrison should be fired, period. He should not be allowed to hold his position for many reasons, but especially after the abuse and aggression towards Rachel Lindsay in that unedited 13-minute interview and for his honest and passionate defense of racism. And she says a bunch of other things, but I really appreciate how outspoken she is. And it's just nice to see that even though these people have been very involved in the franchise and they've, you know, they're friends with Chris Harrison and they have friends in Bachelor Nation, but everybody is really holding their own. And I appreciate that other than people like Jaden Tanner, but whatever. I mean, I really do think that, and we also don't follow every single person from Bachelor Nation, but we do follow like a lot of the really heavily followed ones. And I mean, I'm noticing a pattern and, you know, I, I haven't done any serious research about it but the pattern that I'm noticing is that the people of color are constantly talking about it constantly having to defend themselves constantly trying to prove that racism exists within the world and also the franchise and then there are a lot of non-people of color or white people who again either have mentioned it once and never talk about it again or there are you know a couple people who are on the right side and are actually constantly having these conversations and trying to be allies and trying to support they their counterparts and that's cool to see like um Nick Vial is a great example I've seen um Becca Martinez and on her chatty broads clickbait podcast with Tasha who Tasha is a host along with two other people I can't remember who she hosts with um but but they, Natasha and Joe, I think are their names. And they were also on The Bachelor and Joe's white. So that's a cool conversation too, to listen to. It's also cool because Tasha has that perspective of being The Bachelorette or being the lead. So. Oh my God, you nailed it. Joe and Natasha. Yeah. And they've posted a really, a couple cool clips from, I don't listen to their podcast, but they've posted a couple egg lives that are clips from their podcast where they talk about it. And it's really helpful. It's, it's nice to see the perspective from Tasha because she was the lead and also is black and so she has a really great perspective to share especially about Matt James because he's sort of the focus of all this now but there's like a limit to what he can share right now obviously so anyways it'll be really interesting I'm sure we'll have a lot to discuss after the women tell all and just quick question have you been spoiled yet no Okay. I have not been. I know that you are just spoiled, but let me say, and again, I, I'm I have not been spoiled. So whatever I say, this is not a spoiler to anybody listening. But I will say that my gut is telling me that Rachel wins because I obviously we've like heard all these rumors in the last week that whoever does win this season, whoever does get engaged to Matt, they've broken up, they're split up now. And her Instagram video that she posted this week. She looks so sad. And I guess that could just be from all the backlash and all this, this whole situation that's, you know, sort of formed a cloud around her. But between her face in that video and Matt James' beard on this on this tape that we saw a preview of, they both just look 
unwell and it's giving me the vibe of they were engaged and now they're they're split so that is totally just a theory on my end but I don't know all this backlash is just so heavy and it's just I it just makes me think that something even worse happens aka he proposes to her yeah I mean I won't confirm or deny but we will see what happens and yes I'm extremely pissed off that I got spoiled it happens to you every time you make it so close I make it so close. It's so (laughs) frustrating. Oh my God. And also, can I just say like, where is Peter Weber? Like he is so fucking irrelevant. He has not shared anything. He's just posting with sweet nums and his new dog in New York. Oh yeah. He's literally just in New York, like getting a haircut every day. I'm like, what are you doing? I hate him. He's and so like annoying. the fact that he was ever the bachelor. Like I remember when it happened, I was confused why he was the choice, but in hindsight looking back, I'm genuinely wondering who made that decision because he is the worst lead you could ever have. I'm just oh my god, honestly their picks even Colton Underwood in hindsight. I'm just like how we have so many other amazing men in this bachelor umbrella and how were they selected whoever wants to see peter weber and colton underwood as leads of a show i'm sorry and that's why we that's why i li- i've been calling not only are we calling for you know social change but also just change your format because clearly something's not working please use somebody else whatever they're rubric is for selecting a lead needs to be updated because oh my god they need to get it together although Tasha was a great lead I actually think Tasha was maybe one of the best leads ever and she was robbed of a good experience but at least she got you know she's happy with Zach and I'm happy for her but the parallels between Tasha and Matt's season where she just gets the Walmart version of literally everything like I can't I totally agree and let me just say that I I'm praying for Michelle to be the next Bachelorette. I just love her so much. Every episode, my love for her grows and grows and grows. And I was laughing because last week, Audrey texted me and she goes, did you know that Michelle had kids? (laughs) I was like, wait, what? Like, oh my God, no. Like, I don't remember her ever mentioning that. And I've never seen any pictures of her and a kid on Instagram. And then she texts me again and she goes, oh, never mind. She was just talking about her kids that she teaches. But I really, I really thought we had a bombshell there for a second. (laughs) Somebody posted somewhere. Oh my gosh, that scene with Michelle zooming her kids was so cute. And I was like, what the (laughs) fuck? But yeah, anyways. (laughs) Anything else Bachelor related? that we didn't cover or did we capture everything? I mean, it really is just an ongoing story and we'll definitely have more to say after tomorrow's episode or today's episode if you're listening now. I think, yeah, like you said, it'll it'll just be interesting to see how they cover it. I'm already annoyed by it because there's so many bigger issues that we need to cover but I know that tomorrow night is just going to be all about oh Victoria and you snatched her crown away when you walked in and it's just going to be all this catty drama I mean maybe it'll develop into something more but I'm just not really interested in revisiting MJ and Victoria like I just want to get down to the bottom of the issues you know it's like it could be that but then there could be you know Chris Harrison coming in at the beginning like something they filmed after because Women Tell All was filmed before the interview. So I'm like, are they just going to run what they had edited or 
is he going to address it? Because oh, that's a good that's a good point. Maybe there'll be a little pre-tape moment, a little intro. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know if they didn't do something. I think it would be really fucked. But we'll be covering. We'll be covering. The other thing that I have to say before we divert to the next story is if you are not following Bachelor data on Instagram, you must follow. It is one of so the interesting. Accounts. It's so interesting. It's so insightful. And my favorite part about it is it's a spoiler-free community. (laughs) So they have mods on the account or on the comments and they remove any spoilers. So it's a safe space. That's what every account needs to do. Wow. I have to stand them for that. All right. Let's pivot from The Bachelor news. So going back into some Britney Spears drama, I just found this headline to be extremely interesting. And especially because I am personally a John Mayer stan musically, but also recognize, you know, back in the 2000s, he was pegged as one of the largest douchebags, you know, ever. Womanizer, anti-feminist, whatever you want to call it. So John Mayer has been pegged as a hypocrite for saying he almost cried during the new Britney Spears documentary. Social media users are accusing John Mayer of being a hypocrite after he spoke out in support of Britney Spears, and they're demanding that he apologize to women he's hurt in the past. Appearing on Andy Cohen's Sirius XM show Radio Andy this week, the 43-year-old singer said that he, quote, almost cried five times while watching the New York Times documentary Framing Britney Spears. But Twitter users have no patience for his tears, pointing out that he has repeatedly treated women like shit and observing that it's ironic that he would speak out on this issue given his past treatment of stars like Jessica Simpson and Taylor Swift. I almost cried five times during that, he said at the documentary. I mean, I was on the edge of tears five times because if you understand what this business, industry, and lifestyle does to a person, to go through this and come out the other side okay is to have infinite grace for those who struggle with it. I came out okay. I have a very strong feeling that part of that is because I'm a man, he added in a moment of self-reflection. And I have a very strong feeling that a lot of these things that happen to female performers is endemic to being female. Okay, so I personally, oh God, please nobody come for me for saying this, but I'm not a huge John Mayer fan. And it's not <laughs> that I don't, it's not that I don't like his music. I think he's a fantastic artist and very talented, but I've just never been a huge stan of, of, of his work. And so as a big fan of his, what was your initial thought to hearing his comments on the documentary? I am personally of the mindset that... John Mayer probably was as much of a dick as everybody says that he was back in the day. And I mean, he was like a modern day rock star, you know, in a way. And he was definitely treated like it, especially early on, like in his continuum phase when he was really popping off and he was touring everywhere and he was, you know, America's heartthrob or whatever you want to call it. And I also think that he's capable of changing his perspective it would have been nice to see an acknowledgement of you know at least if he doesn't believe that he deserved that you know framework of him back in the mid-2000s then it would have been cool to see him acknowledge it and I don't know like I don't follow his past super intimately he may have spoken on it before I'm sure that he has but I find him to be now an incredibly endearing and kind of wise version of the person that he was before. I thought he was really douchey seeming in all of his old videos and all of his music videos and his tour videos, but he's 43. Like he's literally old. (laughs) (laughs) So I think that 
I think that both things can be true. I think that he means what he says, that he feels sympathy for Brittany, that he feels that a lot of it has to do with the fact that he's a man, 100%. I mean, there is an acknowledgement of that. But I also get Twitter, you know, Twitter just likes to rail in on anybody who says anything wrong. And I get that too. I love that about Twitter. (laughs) Okay. But here's my thing. As soon as I heard about this story, I immediately thought of Justin Timberlake's apology to Brittany and to Janet Jackson. It just gave me a very similar vibe because JT posted that statement that I, we posted on our stories. Maybe you've already read it. I won't read the whole thing, but he basically posted this whole thing saying, you know, I've seen messages, tags, comments, concerns. I want to respond. I am deeply sorry for the times in my life where my actions contributed to the problem, where I spoke out of turn or did not speak up for what was right. I understand that I fell short in these moments and in many others and benefited from a system that condones misogyny and racism. Oh, I just, when I hear these interviews and these statements from people like John Mayer and Justin Timberlake, it just bothers me. Mostly, I'm mostly talking about JT here, but it's like, why did it take a New York Times docuseries to make you apologize? You know what I mean? Why have you not spoken out about this earlier? I don't know. I just, just feels too little too late to me personally. Everybody's just respond. If you're, if your apology is retroactive and in response to being canceled, it probably is just too late. It's too late to apologize. (laughs) (laughs) Too late. late. Wait. Yeah. Also, while we're on the topic of John Mayer and Jessica Simpson, can we just uh <gasps> <laughs> I I just I'm... dude, of course he's a douchebag. Look at him. Look at that scarf. Oh, he looks like an art student at NYU. <laughs> he looks literally like Dan Humphrey. He does. But I was just doing some Googling on like what did he even do to her? Because I don't know what he did to her, and I still can't. <laughs> I'm sure he did something, but I can't figure out what he did. Oh my God. Oh. That literally was Dan Humphrey. Mayor continued to humiliate Simpson, famously saying during an interview that she was like sexual napalm. Although he may have thought oh, that Simpson oh. would view this as a compliment, it was quite the opposite. And she responded by saying, I was floored and embarrassed that my grandmother was actually going to read that. Wait, actually, I do remember reading about that a long time ago. The whole Jessica Simpson, John Mayer thing. I had forgotten about that. Honestly, just... Justice for all of these female pop stars. It is disgusting the shit that they had to put up with. I'm like so confused right now. I don't understand. I'm going to have to do some research. I perhaps should have done more research on like what exactly. I just kind of know him as everybody saying he was kind of a womanizer, but I want to look into it before I, you know, come defending his name. You know what I mean? What year was that? Which? The dating? Yeah. When did he date Jessica Simpson? Mm, 2005-ish. Where is Jessica Simpson? What is she doing? Oh my God. That's actually a fact. Like we just, we did not prepare. Oh my God. This episode. I'm Googling. The- <laughs> I Googled, I Googled Jessica Simpson's name. And the, the top story is backlash at John Mayer for weighing in on free Britney quote, apologize to Jessica Simpson and Taylor Swift. But then the next <laughs> Next article is Jessica Simpson weighs in on that Subway tuna controversy. (laughs) (laughs) What is the Subway tuna controversy? I'm clicking it. New story. The clickbait worked. Oh my God. 
The singer actress sent out a tweet Friday in support of the Subway sandwich chain, which is under the gun from a lawsuit claiming that there's no tuna in its tuna sandwiches. The chain has vigorously denied the claim, saying there's no truth to the allegations. <laughs> if there is no tuna in the Subway tuna sandwiches, then they have done something incredible because those sandwiches taste like tuna. So who's suing? Because that's crazy. Simpson wrote in a tweet, it's okay at Subway. It is confusing. Oh, it's like a joke because that commercial where she confuses or a clip of where she confuses a can of chicken of the sea with a barnyard animal. Oh, is that chicken I have or is this fish? I know it's tuna, but it says chicken by the sea. Is that stupid? What is it called? Chicken by the sea or in the sea? <laughs> so that's what Jessica Simpson is up to. <laughs> I love that. I love that that's the information that we have. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I miss her. Wait, so is she still married to Nick Lachey? No, 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 no. Oh, no, no. Oh, she's God, no. Oh, no, no. She's married to Eric Johnson. Who's that? He's a tight end. (laughs) (laughs) The way that you said that. Tight end. Tight end. Tight. The tightest end. Honestly, Nick Lachey's, what is that song? Pieces of Me. Is that it? No. Oh my God. Wait, no. Pieces of Me is. That's. That Ashley Simpson. It's what's left of me, Nick Lachey. That song was such an emo bop for me when I was in middle school. And I feel like nobody knows of that song th- these days. But every now and then, I'll, I'll be on for nostalgia's sake. Nick Lachey is still married to Vanessa Manillo. Oh, really? And I did not know that Vanessa Manillo was Filipino. That's cool. I connect with her in that way. Oh, my God. We are spiraling right now. I know, but it's kind of nice. (laughs) I don't understand. It's a Sunday. Jessica Simpson. Notifications on a Sunday. (laughs) Uh, I missed you. It really has feel, it feels like it's been five years since we recorded the podcast and I have a lot of guilt associated with it. I know, but it really hasn't been that long. We only took one week off and it was- it I know, was, and that's because there was nothing to talk about. There was nothing. I was on a walk with my mom before we recorded or before we were supposed to record. And yeah, she asked me, she goes, what are you guys going to record on today's episode? And I was like, I have literally no idea. And then two seconds later, Audrey texts me and she goes, I feel like we should just do an off week. And I said, the stars are aligning. That's what I'm saying too, because I've also been less active on Instagram and I just, I don't know if it's because I'm not, I feel like I'm always pretty in tune. I'm always scrolling. I'm always checking things out, trying to figure out, you know, stuff, stuff to share. And I just feel like everything is turned off and I'm just trapped in my hamster wheel, working my job and, you know, waiting until the next thing to look forward to. Oh my God. The hamster wheel is so real. Maybe that should be our Instagram post. Just a picture of us with our faces photoshopped on a hamster. Today's episode. Okay. wait. Today's episode without context, a hamster in a hamster wheel. (laughs) Chicken by the sea. No, no, no. It needs to be more, more niche than even that. Okay. Okay. The photo, just John Mayer's scarf. Just cut out his face and just do a scarf. I should Mm -hmm. just post that photo too. And... Mm. 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 <laughs> I, I mean we could do a picture of subway's tuna sandwich 
we can't have two tunas. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think, you know, today was just a little short epi. I missed you. I missed you too. It's good to be back. And uh, will you be watching the Golden Globes tonight? No. <laughs> I would rather die. Okay, I appreciate the honesty, but I'm not going to be... There's not room in my hamster wheel for a flat screen. Honestly, fair enough. I, I will not be aggressively covering, but if there's any insane snubs, like I swear to God, if Emily in Paris wins, then I will Paris be posting. Wins, then I quit. Yeah, then... What I quit is to be determined, but I will quit something. <laughs> I'll quit something. <laughs> <laughs> All righty. Well, this has been a fun one. I love how laid back it was. I feel very relaxed. I'm like ready to take a nap. I know that sounds so nice right now. All right, everybody. Well, thank you so much for joining us for this episode of The Wrong Side. Catch us on Instagram at The Wrong Side Podcast. Catch us on Apple Pods. Write us a little review. The Wrong Side Podcast on Apple Pods and Spotify. Obviously, you know that because that's how you're listening. Thank you so much for being with us and we will see you next week. Bye. Bye.